relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. First, there's one condition. One condition for anything that could happen and the good things that could happen once this war is over. And that condition is that Hamas must be destroyed. Hamas must be destroyed. The Prime Minister of Israel, Bibi Netanyahu, a former combatant commander. Question, can it be destroyed? And if it is destroyed, will Israel be safe? Very few people could answer those questions with more accuracy than a former colleague of mine at an institution I had hoped would have gone out of business long ago, especially after we got rid of ISIS in the Trump administration. Sadly, it is more relevant than ever. It is the Foundation for Defense of Democracy, and he is their senior vice president for research, Jonathan Shanza. Welcome to America First. Thanks, Seb. Good to be with you. And thanks for coming to the studio. Truly appreciate it. All right. Um, first, again, I wish to put this always in context. Put the events of October 7th into the correct context. When we say uh, Israel's 9-11, when we say or they say uh, no loss of life, for the Jewish community this large since the end of the show of the Holocaust. This isn't hyperbole. This isn't exaggeration, is it, Jonathan? It's not. When you think about uh, the losses that we sustained on 9-11, we lost nearly 4,000 people that day. You look at it on a per capita basis, right? Israel is a country of 10 million people. They lose 1,400 people in a slaughter, a pogrom, in just a few hours. If you extrapolate that, you put in a per capita basis, that's the equivalent of us losing 44,000 people. Everyone in Israel knows someone who was either killed or impacted in some way. It is a shock to the conscience of this country. I watch their media on a regular basis, and they are constantly rehashing what happened. It is a deep scar, and it is bringing up old injuries from decades past, and you can just get a sense of how that might start to impact the thinking of this country. Um, are you surprised that the it's not being called the ground incursion, it's phase two, but are you surprised it took several weeks for the administration to deploy ground assets into Gaza for the shape, what are called the shaping maneuvers? Is this surprised uh, observers? Look, I think... Um, it's a little surprising in the sense that you would expect Israel to go in there right away and just dispatch their enemies. I think there were a couple things that were at play here. One is the Israelis were actually wondering whether there was a trap, whether Hamas had invited them in. You carry out a slaughter the way they did on 10-7. It could create um, a situation where the Israelis go in and, uh, you know, they're just heads down and, and, and try to destroy their enemies. And then all of a sudden they find that there are other surprises that Iran has helped Hamas prepare. So there was that part of it. And then there's also the kind of regional alignment uh, challenge. You know, the Israelis were right on the cusp of normalization with the Saudis. They've got relationships with the Emiratis, with the Bahrainis, the Moroccans, the Egyptians, the Jordanians. There was a lot of discussion that uh, led up to the invasion of Gaza. Um, and then there's the last point, which I think uh, is probably maybe even the most important. 
There is this question of if Israel deploys, let's say, 100,000 troops into Gaza, is that the exact moment that Hezbollah begins to wage war from another front, pulling Israel in two different directions, catching Israel uh, uh, flat-footed? And, uh, and so this has, I think, been the major concern. And actually, to that point, there is a major speech coming from Hezbollah's director general or secretary general, Hassan Nasrallah. It's been scheduled now for five days, and it will be delivered in the stronghold of Beirut that belongs to Hezbollah, Dahia. He will be doing it in front of thousands of his supporters. And uh, this could be the moment where Hezbollah declares war. It could be the moment they stand down. But this has always been something that Israel's been concerned about, a two-front war. How significant is it that that speech will be made in Beirut? Obviously significant. This is their, Dahia is the stronghold. It's this neighborhood in southern Beirut. It's where it's almost entirely Shia, Iran supporters, Hezbollah supporters. This is the moment, probably the most important speech of Hassan Nasrallah's career. He's been at this job now for decades. But this is the moment, I think, of truth uh, in terms of whether Hezbollah is truly ready to wage this fight to the finish against Israel or if he's going to back down. Of course, American aircraft carriers and 4,000 Marines will be weighing on his mind as he delivers this speech, and that could be the deterrence that's needed. Uh, we're going to devote uh, a special segment of today's one-on-one to understanding Hezbollah and the difference uh, with Hamas, but let's just stay on October 7th for a second, Jonathan. What? It, it's very difficult to channel, to put ourselves in the, 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 the savage minds of, of the people who are running Hamas, but what do you think was the key strategic motivator for the 7th? Was it really to sabotage the normalization of Israel's relations with Saudi Arabia? Or, or is it something else or a combination of things? Look, I think it was an added benefit, mm-hmm. uh, the disruption of the normalization channel. Uh, I think that uh, you got to remember, for Hamas, the first order of business is just being able to shed Israeli yeah, blood. Kill Jews. That's it, right? That's the game for them. Um, people, I think, often forget that when uh, Hamas fires rockets into Israel, which they've done on multiple rounds of fighting with, with, with Israel, um, the intent is to do exactly what they were able to do on 10-7. Israel just has the technological means to thwart those attacks time and again. But if those rockets actually landed in Israel every time they were fired, and I think that was Hamas's intent always, that you would see a lot more bloodshed. They're fired blindly into Yeah, they're, they're, they aren't guided. This, these are tubes with explosives on them. Correct. They just with fly. With the intent of hurting whatever you can right. on the other side, civilian, military infrastructure, it doesn't matter, right? Um, but the big thing that I've been focusing on at the beginning of that war, uh, or of this war, is um, that there was an, a massive intelligence failure on the part of Israel. Well, and U.S., because we, have, we spend you know, a lot more money on intelligence than, than Israel does, and we didn't see it either. Correct. Uh, but what the paradigm was, uh, was this assumption that Hamas was deterred, that the leaders of Hamas were maybe more eager to provide services to the people, uh, that they were perhaps interested in trying to export their violence to the West Bank. Hang on. Is this this misreading on behalf of the Bibi administration? Yeah. Yeah. They really thought that these were like normal guys who are going to feed the population. 
Somewhere along the way, groupthink crept into the Israeli intelligence establishment. I can tell you I've heard the briefing twice from senior Israeli officials over the last year that this is going to be a calm front for Israel for the foreseeable future, that there were pragmatists who were afraid of Israel after the last round of fighting in 2021. You mean the cast-led? No, the 2021 war. Oh, 21. Uh, Yeah. And, right, this was the 11-day war that... So the savage animals suddenly weren't savage animals. Correct. Well, that's very disturbing. If the Israelis thought that, that's a problem. Correct. And so this was... It was a two-year-long operation of trying to convince the Israelis that that Hamas was not genocidal in its intent. And the Israelis somehow, somewhere along the way, began to take that on as fact. And they decided to deploy assets and other... It's one of the reasons why you didn't see as many troops on the border as we might normally see on the morning of 10 I I have to... It's one thing to have Mark Milley talk about why it's good to teach critical race theory at West Point, but to hear, you know, the Israeli intelligence community surrounded by people who want to kill them, fighting an organization that its founding document is very clear is there to destroy, you know, the Jewish community as a whole... Any idea, Jonathan, where, where that insanity crept in from? Did, 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 did they get it from us? Did they get it from the Biden administration? Who, what's the genesis? I think that there's, there's two things here. One is Israel has been restrained time and again by the U.S. administrations. And look, I'll say it's, it's Democrat and Republican. Let's, let's be honest here. On a bipartisan basis, we would much rather not see wars escalate the way they are right now. So we've done everything we could to kick the can down the road. Democrat and Republican have done that, right? I think had Israel had its way early on, they would have destroyed Hamas when they had a better chance of doing it without the organization having dug hundreds of miles of tunnels beneath right. the ground in Gaza. But we've, we've restrained them. I think there's also a military culture problem that is conveyed from our military to theirs that they're just, we always t- tell our enemies, we're so strong, we don't need to fight. Mm-hmm. And the Israelis were learning that as well, right? We can't afford to hold off on this battle because we're stronger than they are and we'll always be able to defeat But that them. only works if you're facing a rational actor who isn't religiously motivated. Exactly. God, I'm going to send them, if I give you a, like a box of my book, Defeating Jihad, will you get some to the IDF and to the intelligence? I'm not sure they have time to read it now, but maybe no, this afterwards, is over. after they've crashed Hamas. Unbelievable. We're talking to the senior vice president for the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, Jonathan Shanza. Follow him at jshanza and go to fdd.org. If you dig on that website long enough, I think you'll find a name that's familiar to you. Um, yeah, I used to work there. This is America First coming to you from the ReliefActor.com studios. If you enjoy the deep dives with real experts like Jonathan, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you've had it with the political persecution of my former boss, President Trump, tell the world. We've put his booking photograph, I hate the phrase mugshot, from Atlanta on a yard sign, on a T-shirt, on a mug, uh, with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today and so much more, including my book, Defeating Jihad, at SebGorkaStore.com. That's SebGorkaStore.com. And you can support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. 
Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. As a first responder to this, what was done to these people of southern Israel? Well, I don't want to get people scared from the from what I'm saying, but uh, I saw uh, beheaded bodies. I saw body parts. Uh, there is one one of my friends who was in Faraza. He told me that he find in one house um, a husband and wife and two children. They killed the husband first. They took his eyes out. I saw the body by myself. They took the eyes out, and they cut the breast of the woman, and they, sh- uh, they cut the leg of the, ch- of the girl. That's the family that I saw with my own eyes. That's Fox's war correspondent, Trey Yings, the good guy, talking to Moshe Melayev, one of the first responder rescue team members in Israel, talking about the, the rank horror of what he witnessed Hamas do to innocent families in Israel. What can we do about it? Look, I know Israel will do what has to be done, but we can help as well. If you stand with our Israeli cousins, please support them. You've already raised more than $300,000 to save lives by donating to the B'nai Zion Health Center. God bless every single one of you. The machinery, the medical supplies you have helped them acquire in just the last three weeks has saved hundreds of lives. If you want to donate, please go to healthcareforisrael.org slash donate today. You are literally saving lives right now. That's healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. Uh, Jonathan, I, I want to spend time on Hezbollah, on Iran, and the bigger picture. But, but first, you've mentioned the influence of our military and the way we look at things here, this administration. W- will you just for a second, I think even most well-informed conservatives or people in international security don't understand the power of the Iranian lobby here in America. People like to, you know, isolationists love to talk about the the Jews and the Israeli lobby. Let's talk about the Iranian lobby for a second. Uh, For example, who Rob Malley is and why there are people in the office of the uh, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations, who may have certain sympathies with the mullahs in Iran. This is a real thing, isn't it, Jonathan? This is a real thing. Rob Malley was, of course, the envoy until very recently to Iran. Uh, you would think that the American envoy on Iran negotiations would be tough-minded, that he would be looking to wield sanctions and other tough measures against the Iranians to get them to stand down from their illicit and reckless nuclear program. What we saw instead was an envoy that was obsequious, simply just fawning over the Iranians, providing them with 
everything that they wanted and then some. Amazingly, he still couldn't get a deal done because the Iranians were pushing the United States for even more, and he wasn't enough. It turns out that there's been a problem with Mali's conduct. We don't know all of the details. Issues concerning security clearances, etc., etc. Possible conveying of sensitive information that he was not authorized to convey to other people. We don't know who those other people are. But after that was revealed, then we found out this was, uh, uh, this was published in Semaphore, uh, which was a sort of a, somewhat of an odd uh, outlet to have this revealed, but it turns out that there was a, a sort of an echo chamber of like-minded individuals that rallied around Mali who now have positions in think tanks around Washington, but that are actually also working at the Pentagon. People that I mean, you would think wouldn't get those jobs in the first place, but then on top of that, they maybe would have been vetted to make sure that an infiltration of this sort did not occur. It appears right now, if we really look at this honestly, and I think there are a number of us, probably yourself included, who have long believed that there has been a, a plot uh, to undermine America's position as it relates to Iran. I think it's clear at this point that that is what has occurred, but there is an investigation right now that is ongoing. My hope is that the intelligence community uh, gets to the bottom of this and that there are prosecutions if, in fact, there was wrongdoing. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, I don't think that'll happen in the next 14 months. I think we need a a new president. We need to elect a new president, and then we can have some justice to deal with the fifth column. Uh, Jonathan, it it was one of the proudest moments in, in my career in the Oval Office when Steve Bannon and I were in front of the cabinet and President Trump told us, he called us his heavies, he said, Steve, Seb, tell these guys why we have to cancel the Iran deal. And we did our elevator pitch. We told them why it's bad for Israel, bad for the region, bad for the safety of all Americans. And then, of course, the president canceled it. Can you explain why the Obama administration and this administration is so wedded to the idea of helping Iran? What on earth is the motivation. Look, I think with the Obama administration, there was an attempt to try to turn Iran into an asset, uh, to make it no longer an enemy by inviting it to enjoy the spoils of the U.S.-led financial system, to allow it to enter into the community of nations after years of really self-imposed exile, if we will, to be honest about Mm -hmm. what the Iranians have done, the malign activity, the support for terrorism, all of the terrible things that we've seen them do to Americans and to Middle Easterners, for that matter. Um, There was an attempt, I think, to... I I think it was too clever by half, if we were to look back... And naive. And naive, absolutely. 
Uh, then, you know, I think you, you have exactly this moment that you describe where President Trump, uh, you know, completely uh, eviscerated the deal and got America out of it and started putting uh, pressure on the Iranians once again, the maximum pressure campaign that put uh, Iran on its back foot. That was, by the way, also uh, further cemented by the killing of Qasem Soleimani after he and the IRGC had been taking shots at our troops overseas. Yeah. What we saw with the return of the Biden administration was an attempt to get back into this deal. I don't know if it was as ideological, if I'm to be honest. You had a lot of people, I think, that were simply trying to restore the legacy, such as it is, of uh, Barack Obama. People Because that, we got rid of it, it had to be correct, redone. Correct. It, it was just anti-Trumpism. Right. It was pro-Obamism, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was, right, if they did... Well, and a lot of his guys are still in correct. the administration. Correct. So Obama's flunkies are all over the place. Correct. Therefore, correct. it's kind of the default setting. So now, but here's the interesting thing. This entire paradigm has collapsed. If you look at what's happened now over the last There's no weeks, Iran deal going to happen in the next 14 months. Uh, I mean, the United States has deployed aircraft carriers to the region to threaten the Iranians to try to contain a wider war. The, we are threatening Hezbollah, right? Iran has unmasked itself with the sheer number of Shia militias that it is deploying right now against Israel and against the United States. The U.S. is taking fire right now from militias aligned with Iran in places like Iraq and Syria, and we are responding with force. The entire paradigm that we could somehow convert Iran, into, it is out the window. What is actually amazing to me, and this is, it's an anecdote, but I think it's really worth conveying here, you, maybe you heard about this Jake Sullivan piece that appeared in Foreign Affairs. Which was edited after it was published. After the war erupts, he goes back in the online version, the print version you can't change, right? Yeah. He goes back into the online version, he starts deleting entire paragraphs. Let me ask you something. If you are the national security advisor for the president of the yeah. United States and you are deleting paragraphs in your own personal article, is it not time for a top-down review of your Iran policy yeah. and your Middle East you, policy? You may have to delete your policy. We're talking to Jonathan Shanza of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy. Follow him at J. Shanza. And don't forget to follow us. We are on all the social media platforms that matter. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Get It, Telegram. You can watch us on the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget my Substack new articles every week, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love a ball. How did it take so long to invent a factory-compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it. And I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations, the class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First, support those who make it possible. Great patriots and friends of President Trump like Mike Lindell. He's celebrating 20 years of my pillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. He sold 81 million of them. Yes. 
They are that good. But did you know he's got more than 200 other items on his website made by Americans in America for you? Check them all out at MyPillow.com. Use my name for up to 66% off. They range from the MyPillow pet beds. My dogs Killian and Leia love them. My favorite are the sheepskin lined slippers. I get into them as soon as I am, I am home. But they have towels, mattress toppers, uh, pajamas, you name it. Check them out at MyPillow.com. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Call call them up. Talk to a human being. How nice is that? 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468. MyPillow.com. Promo code G-O-R-K-A. Now, we've spoken about uh, Hamas, the conflict in Israel, Iranian influence here. Can you just paint a picture of us briefly of the web that is... Iranian influence from the Houthis to the West Bank. They don't do conventional warfare. They would lose in a conventional war with America, but they really are good at indirect warfare and using other parties, aren't they? They are. They, I mean, we, as we like to say, they fight Israel to the last Arab. Um, <laughs> Explain why, why that's important, because of Iran is, of course. Iran, the, these are Persians, Persians right? These right. are people who don't actually, I mean, they, they look with disdain at the Arab yeah. world. They, and they, they see themselves as thousands of years more advanced than the Arab world. Correct, right? And here they have, they've deployed a bunch of different militias, uh, all using Arab fighters. Yeah. And Smart. Well, yeah, if you want to preserve your own territorial integrity and not draw, not draw fire. I think, by the way, those days are likely over. Israel comes out of this in one piece. There will be a time where I think Israel begins to target the regime itself. This Right now, just to be clear, what we're watching is the first phase of what will be a much longer battle. Israel will not so, allow for this to continue. So here's what I've been um, counseling since the beginning. And I'm kind of surprised and disappointed that Israel hasn't done this because they've done it in the past and I wanted to see it on steroids. Because if you say, okay, Iran is the mastermind, the funder, the, 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 the real um, planner of all this, then instead of just waiting for a ground incursion and, and rescuing the hostages, which has to be done, I would have expected maybe three dozen teams of Mossad agents to be traveling the world and killing uh, Iranian leaders. Uh, I mean, terrorists. Well, that'll come. But that's why not now? Well, Just I mean, like after Munich. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, because think, that, that sends a message to Munich, Tehran. I don't think Munich happened right no, you Munich know, immediately. Time. Right? It took right. time. These things will take some planning, but I, I would be shocked if we didn't see a Munich 2.0 campaign. Okay. Every external Hamas leader, every external Hezbollah leader. Protected, located, and dealt with. Yeah, and I'm talking about you know, and all of the jurisdictions where they're active. And people don't realize Hamas is active. Give in, us some examples. Yeah, Hamas is active in Turkey, a NATO ally. Those guys are probably not long for this world. They're active in Qatar, major non-NATO ally, also not probably long for this world. Lebanon, Malaysia, Kuwait, Algeria, you name it. And Everyone. closer to home in our hemisphere. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're, they're Latin American. Tri-border uh, area. Hezbollah uh, uh, um, uh, operatives everywhere. Uh, the, the high likelihood is that we will start to see some bloodletting um, in this regard. But just to get back to your original question... You need to look at the map right now of where Iran's assets are currently firing at Israel or against the United States. It is really astounding when you think about what's happening in the region. Right? You have, obviously, the Gaza Strip. That's the first, uh, that's the first place that lit up. The West Bank, 
right? That's another place that's got Hamas, it's got uh, Islamic Jihad, it's got Hezbollah in there. You've got Lebanon, which has Hezbollah, but also contingents of Islamic Jihad and Hamas as well. Then on top of that, you've got the Houthis firing out of, out of Yemen. You've got Shiite militias firing at the United States out of Syria. Syria. And, and, and by the way, Syria, they're also firing at Israel. Really interesting there, by the way, is the U.S. and Israel are targeting assets in the same, within the same borders, completely coordinated, deconflicted, where they're striking themselves and making sure that they don't hit each other. Very interesting to see that. That's actually a sign of the immense amount of cooperation and coordination that's taken place between our two countries now for decades running, and you can see the fruits of that paying off. Right. We're talking to Jonathan Shanza, FDD.org, the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy, coming to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous swamp that is Washington, D.C., from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, it works, it's real, it is liberating over a million Americans from their daily pain, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took a Relief Factor, and two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free, more than four and a half years later. But it's not just me. It's people like Alicia from California. Just listen to Alicia's story. I'm a grocery store worker and was working doubles during the coronavirus shutdown. At 52 years old, my two bad knees did not get a rest. I literally limped to and from bed. Two days into Relief Factor, and the pain decreased substantially. So thankful for this amazing product. That should be your story. It could be your story. But there's only one way to find out. But relax. It's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Alicia, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. Ask yourself a very simple question. What do you have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, you know what to do. Write the number down, 1-800-4-RELIEF, or go to relieffactor.com. That number again, 1-800-473-5433, or just go to relieffactor.com. On this, MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 this offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. Jonathan, let's drill down um, in the time we have left on the question of Hamas vice Hezbollah. What one of the experts we've had on the show since the war said said it this way. Hamas is far more expendable from the viewpoint of Iran than Hezbollah is. Hezbollah are the jewel in the crown. They're the guy that train Hamas. They're the high-quality operatives. Talk to us about Hezbollah and, and the threat from the West Bank. Sure. Um, look, I think it's probably instructive to look at all of these Iranian assets 
think about it as a chessboard. I think that's probably what the Iranians do, right? Some of these smaller Shia militias, they're pawns. Yes. Right? I think Hamas is probably a knight. I think Hezbollah is probably a bishop. The nuclear program is the queen. Nice. Okay? Nice. I think that's the way to look at this right mm-hmm. now. So this is, when we look at Hezbollah, it's a far more formidable force. 150,000 rockets in its arsenal as opposed to Hamas's 15,000. Ten times yeah. the fighting power. Precision-guided munitions, which no terrorist organization, non-state actor, has ever possessed. We've not seen them in action. It's something that, to watch for because they are deadly. You could imagine uh, the hitting of a chemical plant in Haifa or the Demona nuclear facility in southern Israel right. could create a catastrophic event. These people have fought alongside the Russian military as well as Iran in, inside Syria. So they're seasoned. These are seasoned guys. They know exactly. They've trained in Iran. They don't have the same constraints as the Palestinians where the Israelis are monitoring them as, uh, so closely. And so this is the fear right now, is that there could be a two-front war making the Gaza conflict look like child's play. Because these guys are so much better. They're going to be better, better armed. They're going to be able to fire off thousands of rockets per day that it would be roughly equal to what we've seen over three weeks Mm -hmm. from Hamas. Um, In a past life, you did threat financing at the Department of Justice or Treasury? Treasury. Treasury. Will you address this this issue about the $6 billion and the idea that the Biden administration doesn't understand that money is fungible? Yeah. Well, look, we know that there was a $6 billion uh, hostage diplomacy swap. Right. We gave the, the Iranians $6 billion. Um, the administration says that that account has not been tapped yet, that they didn't authorize the it. The monies are still sitting in... In Qatar. Qatar, which is already a place that funds the Muslim Brotherhood. Insane. And right. they're a Hamas funder as well. Right. They have a, a massive Hamas <laughs> So don't worry about presence. it. Right. The idea that the Qataris were the, the you know, the... the custodian of the money. Uh, the responsible actor here is truly insane, and I don't understand why they would have done that. I don't understand why they would have paid the Iranians to release hostages, knowing that that will only... Make them take more hostages. Correct. Right. And so in this case, what we look at is you've got 239 Israeli hostages that one could argue this is what we got. This is the result of trading for our five. Mm-hmm. And, of course, look. They're Israelis, they're not Americans, and we can understand some Americans would say, you know what, better, you know, it's someone else's problem now. But the thing is, is it's not going to stop with the 239 Israeli hostages. The regime feels empowered to do all of this because we've let them. Right. Um, on, the, on the issue of, of the funding, can you also address, I think it was, yes, it was the State Department spokesman who more than once said, don't worry, any funds that are released through Qatar or anywhere else uh, will only be used for humanitarian purposes by Hamas. And this is the dream palace that is crumbling right now. Okay. This, the idea that somehow you could devote certain funds to appease the regime on the nuclear file without having those funds trickle into the vast terrorism network that Iran has been supporting for decades was insane on its face when this whole thing started back in 2011, 2012 with the Obama administration's dalliances in the Oman channel. You can now see what happens when you do this. And this is why I say I think 
you know, Jake Sullivan has a lot of work to do right now. There will need to be complete revisions of American foreign policy. I, you know, it's funny. This foreign policy came at the end of the Bush administration where people said, well, you know, if you're trying to, you know, uh, force democracy down the throats of the Arab world at gunpoint, this is what you get. It's a collapse. So then they came up with this asinine paradigm. Give them money and they'll love us. Correct. Right. That's gone. Now, the question is, can we come up with, dare I say it, in this fetid swamp, right, can we come up with a bipartisan policy that does not tear this city apart, that actually begins to punish our enemies and play to the strength of the United States? Well, can we do that? Well, let me throw it back at you. Can we do it if one of the parties on that bipartisan divide seems to have rank anti-Semitic individuals in the driving seat? I mean, you look at what the squad is and their inability to deny the, the righteousness of Israeli actions or to say that beheading babies is a bad thing. Is a bipartisan policy even possible, Jonathan? No, I mean, not with those people, for sure. But the question is, you know, can we work with those that don't hold those utterly extremist and detestable views? Forget the squad, right? There, let's say there's six or ten or whatever the number is of people that hold these abhorrent views. Let's take them out of the picture for a minute. Can we come up with something that ultimately gets back to this question of strengthening in America, making sure that the U.S.-led world order does not crumble, supporting our allies, supporting democracies around the world that have a right to defend themselves. It seems like we should be able to do that, but when you look back over the last several years, we have not been able to get to that place, and that is deeply troubling to me. All I know that when we were in the White House, we managed to get Iran practically on its knees because of our sanction regime. They lost 40% of the value of their stock market in one year, and they were but just on the edge of crumbling. As far as I'm concerned, that's what leadership looks like. He's the author of the book, The Gaza Conflict 2021, Hamas, Israel, and the 11 Days of War. You can follow him at Jonathan uh, J. Shanza on Twitter, and the website is fdd.org. If you want to get my take on the nature of the threat, the book that propelled me to the White House. It is the first one I ever wrote, New York Times bestseller, Defeating Jihad, available with my all of my books at sebgorkastore.com. That's why we fight, and the most recent, The War for America's Soul. I was sadly incorrect when I thought my book, Defeating Jihad, would no longer be relevant. Sadly, it is more relevant than ever. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. This is America First, one-on-one, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. It's real. It works. It attacks the source of your pain on four separate metabolic pathways. How do I know this? Because I took it four and a half years ago for my lower back pain, which had plagued me for nine years, for almost a decade. And just two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free, more than four and a half years later. But it's not just me. It's people like Debrin from Massachusetts. Just listen to Debrin's story. I just started taking Relief Factor four days ago. My hip pain is gone. I had a horrible time sleeping because of the pain. I absolutely love how I am feeling. Thank you, Relief Factor. Just those words, my hip pain is gone, where it's your hip, back, shoulder, knee, whatever it is. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, you know what to do. Call Relief Factor at 1-800-4-RELIEF. Order the three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. It'll be at your door in three days or less, taking morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Debron, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. Call today, 1-800-4-RELIEF, or go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-4, the number 4, relieffactor.com.
Um, uh, similarly, I think, uh, yes, uh, uh, understanding uh, Hamas, Hezbollah as uh, social movements that are progressive, that are on the, on the left, that are part of a global left, is extremely important. That does not stop us from uh, being critical of certain dimensions of um, both movements. It doesn't, um, it doesn't stop those of us who are interested in nonviolent politics from raising the question of, um, uh, uh, of whether there are other options besides violence. That is Judith Butler, a notorious individual. If you uh, look into her, she's like the grandmother of transgender radical thought uh, on American campuses. And there she is, Jonathan, talking about how Hamas and Hezbollah are social movements, part of the global left. As an American citizen, your reaction to the pernicious effect of these kinds of thoughts across America and what we've witnessed in the last three weeks on campuses? It's, it's truly uh, it, it, it is nauseating, I think is the only way to put it. The idea that progressives, liberals, are openly siding with a genocidal organization that has vowed to wipe Jews off the face of the earth, to wipe the Jewish From state. the river to the sea. Correct. That's what it means. We're talking about destroying a country of 10 million people, and they're saying that this is a social movement. Yeah. It is truly insane. I mean, there have been a lot of memes that have been I've, I've seen on, uh, online throughout this conflict. As always, it becomes a very heated place. But there are all these reports now of uh, lesbian and gay organizations that are coming out in Gays favor. for Gaza. Right. And, and, right. and the joke is, of course, that it's like saying chickens for KFC, right? right? right. That, right. This idea that, that gays would be allowed to operate openly or, or to live openly inside the Gaza Strip under Hamas rule is just patently insane. Oh, it's Monty Python. Yes. Yes. Right? You, ca- you can't make this stuff up. No is the only way to put it. But look, there are, um, I think, there are reasons why this is happening on college campuses. There are groups that have long associations with Hamas, with the Muslim Brotherhood, that have spent decades making inroads with these people. That needs to be exposed, and I hope that this conflict right now gives us the impetus right now to expose and maybe start to dismantle some of these networks because they are truly poisoning American minds. 30 seconds left, Jonathan Shanza. Does Bibi uh, and this administration, do they have what it takes to destroy their enemies? They do, uh, and they are motivated. Netanyahu right now is, um, he's, he's fighting for his legacy. He's no longer going to be prime minister. It, it'll be a matter of months, maybe, you know, I mean, who knows. But there's no way that he can, uh, he can bounce back from this. But what he can do right now is defeat Hamas, stave off a wider war, and put Israel in a better place to be able to combat its enemies because there will be multiple rounds that follow this. This is a first salvo in a much longer war. Bibi can at least bring some justice to the families, the loved ones of the 1,400 murdered by the savages. We've been talking to Jonathan Shanza, Senior Vice President of the Foundation for Defense of Democracy. Follow him at jshanza, and uh, the website is fdd.org. If you want to tell the world that you understand what leadership looks like, there's one new item we've put on our website, the only president to ever do this. It's President Trump at the Temple Wall with the words in English and Hebrew, our Fight. That's available right now at sebgorkastore.com. S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, now more than ever, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation 
conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream today. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Greetings, dear friends. Welcome to America First with me, your host, Sebastian Gorka. Um, I think we're missing a guest today. Mr. G, is it true that uh, the mayor of New York was coming to D.C. and we could have had him in studio? I don't know if we could have had him in studio, but he was coming to D.C. <laughs> you mean you didn't ask? You didn't ask him? Well, if we offered the house some illegal aliens, he may have actually right. taken us I mean, up on but, that offer. But what happened to him coming to D.C., Mr. G? Uh, I think it was his main donor. The house was uh, raided by the FBI. No, no, no. Is it? What? What? What is this? Fox News. FBI raids home of New York City Mayor Eric Adams' chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. Dear or did? Do you think that's why he had to cancel his trip, Jeff? I don't think he's going to be complaining about illegal aliens taking over the city the next month or so. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> Welcome, dear friends. Just keeping up on the breaking news. So much to discuss. We will have a very special guest uh, from Israel in the next segment. We'll be talking to my good buddy, Boris Epstein, former special assistant to President Trump, uh, now senior advisor to uh, the leader of the opposition. Breitbart's Matt Boyle will be with us, a brave man, a veteran uh, who is running for one of the Senate seats in California, and then perhaps the, one of our greatest experts on Iran, former Treasury investigator, former vi- uh, current vice president of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy, uh, Jonathan Shanz, will be with us. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do not touch that dial. If in the third hour you have to, I don't know, uh, go and do some brain surgery on somebody or fly on a rocket to Mars. We'll let you off. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whichever platform you prefer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Salem, whichever it is. Uh, just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. It costs you nothing. You never miss any of our deep dives with the real experts, with the news, real newsmakers. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. Um, there is a senator. Um, Jeff, sorry to bug you so much at the top of the show. Does Senator Turberville even do media? He doesn't do a lot. You think he would do more. We got to get him on the show because how long has he been blocking these woke generals and admirals? Now it's been at least a couple of months, right? At least. I think it's like three or four months. And why is Lindsey Graham so angry? Because he, he's not what he pretends to be when he goes on Hannity every other night. Right. And say, I'm going to subpoena Hunter Biden. Yeah. We're, we're, we won't hold our breath on that one. So the Senator Turberville has said, I'm 
this is the power of the individual senators. He's not going to confirm the Biden administration's officers, the promotions, the leadership of the DOD, because, because what? The DOD is funding abortions. Amongst all the other insanity, uh, like transgender, uh, naval um, individuals, officers uh, recruiting as drag queens, right? All of that insanity. Uh, West Point teaching critical race theory. But above all, it's illegal. In the Hyde Amendment, you cannot have federal funding of abortions. Well, the DOD is doing it. And as a result, poor Lindsey Graham, he's a little angry about a certain promotion. Cut nine! And we have courts. If you think they've done something illegal, go to court. That's how you handle these things. The Pentagon has issued a legal opinion I disagree with, saying this doesn't violate the Hyde Amendment. I disagree with it. Here's what's going to happen. You've just denied this lady a promotion. You did that. All of us are ready to promote her because she deserves to be promoted. Eric, uh, isn't it a little embarrassing that one senator is telling another senator that if he's got a problem, he should go to the courts? I I thought we had separate branches of government, Eric. I I know I'm an immigrant, but I thought the Senate is a different branch of government. Yeah, this is literally a political issue. It's a matter of confirming or not confirming nominees. What what do the courts have to do with this? And, and, And even if it was a legal issue... He's the Senate, right? This is an you know, executive. Let's do the 101 executive. Then we have Congress. And then we have the court. Somebody should tell Lindsey Graham that they're different things. And that's why we have checks and balances. And you know why, <clears throat> you know why Lindsey Graham, um, <clears throat> as Jeff says, isn't what he says he is? He's not what he pretends to be on Hannity. Well, when you're agreeing with Mitt Romney, uh, Mitt Romney's not running again, is he, Eric? Mitt Romney's going to hide in some kind of cave in Utah, right? He very unceremoniously announced his retirement earlier this year, yes. Well, I wish he'd stop yapping or yakking. Here he is agreeing with Lindsey Graham. Cut 10. But also out of concern for the men and women who are being held up and whose careers and prospects and families and plans are being interrupted by virtue of the decision by, in this case, two people. One, Secretary Austin, and the other is Senator Tuberville to take intractable positions. And, um, and it's simply, a, in my opinion, a, an abuse of the powers we have as senators to say if there's something we vehemently disagree with, that we're going to use that power to hold up the promotion of over 350 men and women in our military. Now, I know I have an accent, but, but Alex, maybe I just don't understand English. Isn't that what checks and balances means? Oh, my mic's down. No, yes. no, I, we heard you. If, if a senator disagrees with something the executive is doing, is he just supposed to surrender? Or did the founding fathers, like, design the system that that that's how it works they designed it to have some tension there to keep keep each other in uh in, in balance sir yeah yeah you know this dirty word gridlock the founding fathers designed the system to have gridlock so you wouldn't have little king george's in the white house that's the whole stinking point one man who gets it is jd vance i think jd vance is gone what do you think eric i think he's gone on phd weight loss doesn't he look good in this clip 
He looks, looks really good. He yeah, he's making slim. beards great again. Yeah, he looks good. And he he's doing the same thing Turboville's doing for the DOD appointments with the DOJ. And he's justifying it similarly because of the way the Department of Justice is behaving. So let's get JD back on the show because he gets what the founding fathers meant. This is the senator from Ohio. Cut 12. When these nominations sailed through unanimous consent, the Department of Justice was not trying to throw the political rival of the President of the United States in prison. I object to this because we are living in a banana republic where the President is using his Department of Justice to go after his chief political rival, the person he will appear on the ballot with in about a year. If the Department of Justice will use these nominations for law instead of politics, I am happy to end this whole policy. But so long as the Department of Justice uses its nominations and uses its personnel to go after its political opponents from the President of the United States on down, I will object because of that, Madam President. I do object. Bingo. That, what you just heard, that massively long 45-second clip, is the embodiment of checks and balances. If we don't like what the executive is doing, especially when they're from another party and they're persecuting the leader of the opposition, and we are from the other party, and we say, no, 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 that's not rule of law, that's using the Department of Justice for political purposes, then we object and we stymie their actions, we stymie their funding, we stymie their personal decisions. He's a man who gets it. I know you do too. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We've only just begun. What's happening in Israel? Why is the White House calling for a ceasefire but the Pentagon is saying no need for a ceasefire. Are they really that confused inside one branch of government? We'll dissect that and so much more here on America First. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And don't forget to follow us on all social media. We are everywhere that matters. True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter. You can watch us on the Salem News Channel app. My material that I write and direct access to me is available through my substack, sebastiangorka.substack.com. And don't forget to support the man they are persecuting, the 45th president of the United States, and God willing, if we do our part, the 47th. Put this yard sign in front of your home. It's his booking photograph from Atlanta with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get the T-shirt, get the mug, and support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. And whatever you do, stay on this channel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.